0: Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. This is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Hey, if I could just pause and tell you how excited I am for some of the roundtables that are coming up. We did our very first one in Plano, and and the turnout was just so amazing. We had people just come, and they were coming from everywhere, and it was just an amazing day. I want to invite you to some of the upcoming um roundtables. We have one on March 1st in the Orlando, Florida area, on March 8th in the Albuquerque, New Mexico area, and March 15th in St. Louis, and on March 24th in the Nashville area with a dear friend of mine, Mike Burnett. I want to encourage you that all of these roundtables, the, the material is gold. I think it will help you. I think it will uh, aid you in your journey of leadership. Hey, today I want to talk to you, and I want to talk to you specifically about leadership skills. Now, I want to go back in time. I'm always uh, remembering some of the movies I had to watch when my kids were growing up, and one of those was Napoleon Dynamite. For those of you that didn't get that uh, moment in your life, let me just say it's rare. But Napoleon Dynamite's a young kid, and he just makes this statement one day, I've got skills. And he says it in such a hilarious way because he really doesn't. But he says, I've got skills. Let me turn it around and say, if you're going to lead, you have to have skills. There's some skills that you have to have. And I want to walk you through some of those skills. One of those skills is the skill of today. The skill of today If you watch leaders who are effective leaders, one of the reasons they're effective is that leaders are good at today. They are good at today. And I know some of you just sort of rolling your eyes and thinking, what in the world is this guy talking about? Let me put it this way. Leaders don't waste a day. They take advantage of every day. They have the skill of today. They don't waste today. They take advantage of today. And I want to remind you that biblically, this is the mandate that we are instructed to live by. In Psalm 90 and verse 12, it talks about how Moses said, teach us to number our days that we may be able to apply ourselves to wisdom. What was he saying? Lord, teach us to take advantage of the day that we have. We have today. We only have today, and we want to utilize today, and we want to maximize today, and we want to have the journey of today. Teach us to number our days so that we can give ourselves to wisdom. Let me just say that leaders have that ability. They have the skill of today. They don't let a day go through without utilizing that day in a very, very positive way. So let me get a little bit more practical with you, and let me break down the word today. If we were going to break it down, the T stands for tomorrow, because here's the reason a leader will not waste a day, is today is the key to tomorrow. Every leader knows it. Every leader knows that when you get to tomorrow, whatever you've already done, that's what tomorrow's going to be. But today is the key to tomorrow. You change tomorrow by what you do today. See... I'm changing tomorrow by the decisions I make today, the disciplines I have today, the habits I have today, the applications I have today, the practices I have today. You change today by what you do and you do today well because that changes tomorrow. So I want you to get it. You change tomorrow by today. So when I have habits Today, it changes tomorrow. When I have disciplines today, it changes tomorrow. When I apply myself today, it changes tomorrow. So the T in today is tomorrow. Today is the key to tomorrow. The O would stand for opportunity. Preparation is what creates opportunities. How you prepare today creates opportunities tomorrow. Um. Most people miss opportunities all the time. And the reason they miss them is, one, they don't see them. Two, when they do see them, they don't take advantage of them. And the reason they don't take advantage of them is because they're just not prepared. So let me go to the surfing analogy. You don't wait until the wave comes to start pedaling. You pedal before the wave comes. Why? You're preparing to seize the opportunity. And so a leader is good at today because they know that's the key to tomorrow. And a leader's good at today because they know it is going to be their preparation that's going to help them seize tomorrow. The D is discipline. See, discipline isn't... An emotion that you feel but it's a decision that you make see I've never awakened one day of my life and felt disciplined but I have awakened and I've made the decision to be disciplined some people are undisciplined because they're waiting for a feeling well I just don't feel like it who does well I just don't feel in the mood nobody does The truth of the matter is, is that discipline is not an emotion that you feel. It is a decision that you make. And what you need to do every day is discipline. You have to decide, what is it I need to do every day? Every day I need to pray. Every day I need to think. Every day I need to prepare. Every day I need to plan. Every day I need to practice. What are the disciplines you need today to make today the most effective so that you are changing tomorrow, you are preparing yourself to seize opportunities? The A stands for acknowledge. What I can tell you about your day is that every day, God's to be a part of your day. Because the Bible says, this is the day that the Lord hath made. God has to be a part of your day. See, life will squeeze God out of you unless you intentionally work him into it. It's not that God ceases to be present He just ceases to be effectively present in your life. He's there and he wants to be active, but God has to be an intentional part of every day. You have to acknowledge him. You have to begin by saying, this is the day that the Lord hath made and I will be glad and rejoice in it. And so you begin to acknowledge the why and today stands for yes. Every day, God is asking something of you. See, yesterday's sacrifices are today's comfort zone. So what you have to do is you have to create new sacrifices. And so every day, God's asking something. He's saying, will you do this? Your answer is yes. Well, will you be better here? Your answer is yes. Well, will you pray a little bit more about this? The answer is yes. Yes. So one of the skills that leaders have is they have the skill of today. They're good at today. They don't waste today. They take advantage of today. They know that today is the key to tomorrow. They know today is how you prepare for opportunities that are coming. They know today requires discipline, and it's not an emotion I'm going to feel, but a decision I make. And they know today I have to acknowledge that God wants to be a part of my day, and they know today I need to say yes to God. The skill of today. The second skill is the skill of thinking. Now, I like to have fun with this. Jesus uttered these words. He said, take no thought in Matthew chapter 6. And I often say that many people have taken that literally and they've never had a thought in their life. But that's not what the Bible tells us. It says we're to be spiritually minded. What does that mean? You can be spiritual and use your mind. See, being spiritual doesn't mean you lose your mind. You can be spiritually minded. You can be spiritual and you can use your mind. So the skill of thinking, I put it this way. Every day I pray for a thought. Every day I'm just asking, God, give me a thought. My wife will ask me this, did you get your thought? Did you get the thought that you wanted? See, if I get a thought, that is gold to me. Because a thought's going to launch me into a process. And so every day I pray for a thought. I pray, God, give me a thought that's going to help me help me help others. Give me a thought. So I pray for a thought every day. Some people don't have good thoughts because they've never prayed for a thought. They've never thought about praying for a thought. But the Bible says my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so is my word above. But if his ways are not my ways and his thoughts are not my thoughts, then I'm going to have to pray that God gives me the thought. So I pray for a thought. But when you pray for a thought and God gives you a thought, you have to value the thought. That means when that thought comes, you say, my goodness, that's it. That's a good thought. That's a great thought. You value the thought. But if you pray the thought and you value the thought, that means you have to take responsibility for the thought. So here's how I do it. I have in my iPad, which is right in front of me, a section in my notes, thoughts I'm thinking. And the way I take responsibility for a thought is I write it in the notes of my iPad. Now, what's going to happen is that thought is going to be listed with a whole lot of other thoughts, and I'm going to get on a plane like I am on Wednesday and get on a plane and head to Seattle. And when I get on that plane, I'm going to open the iPad, and I'm going to look at those thoughts. They may have been thoughts that have been given to me over days, weeks, months, but I'm going to look at them, and I'm going to think, that's a good thought. And I'm going to process that thought because I'm going to take responsibility. See, if you don't write down the thought, you lose the thought. And how much energy do we spend saying, man, that was such a great thought. I just can't remember it. You take responsibility for a thought by writing it down. And then what I'm going to do by looking at it repeatedly, I'm going to grow that thought which means I'm going to look at that thought and I'm going to grow it and I'm going to add another thought to it and I'm going to add another thought. But when I begin to grow the thought, there comes a time when I have to practice the thought. I've got to put it into practice. And I've got to begin to do that thought in some way. So that thought has to be something that I practice. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to share that thought. I'm going to go out with that thought in public, and I'm going to say, hey, here's something I'm thinking about, and I'm going to put it out there. Because when you share the thought, it begins to go out there, and it begins to gain life. And so you pray a thought, you value the thought, you take responsibility for the thought, you grow the thought, you practice the thought, you share the thought, then you reinvent the thought. See, once you start sharing it, you make the thought better and better and better. You reinvent. So what do I know about leaders? I know leaders have skills. I know that one of their skills is they have the skill of today. I know that a second skill is they have the skill of thinking. They've learned the skill of thinking. They've learned how to think. They've learned how to pray a thought, value a thought, take responsibility for a thought, grow a thought, practice a thought, share a thought, reinvent the thought, I'm telling you, leaders do that. They may not have written it down like I do, but leaders do that. The next, leaders have the skill of calm. Leaders have the skill of calm. You know, Psalm 46 and verse 10, be still and know that I am Lord. We know in Isaiah 33, I believe it's verse 15, It says, in quietness, it shall be your strength. I remember reading a book, and it was a a book that was about an interview with 400 admirals and generals. And the interview was, what was your favorite books on leadership? Then they took this list of books on leadership And then they began to study them based on these 400 generals and admirals having given them this list. And then they looked for the commonality in them. And most of the leadership books, because of the nature of being a general and admiral, dealt with crisis. And they began to look and say, okay, what was the key component in the book? And here's what they found. They found that in crisis... All the books talked about being calm. Talked about being calm. Now, I say that to you because leaders have the skill of calm. Because if you're going to walk into a crisis, you have to create calm. You've got to be able to take the heart rate down. You've got to be able to take the noise and dial it back. You've got to take the chaos and bring clarity. And what that means is you create calm. Now, how does a leader create calm? Well, one thing is they practice for problems. In the military, they call this war gaming, where you literally split up into uh, teams, and there's always the red team. They're the adversary team. and the red team, there are no boundaries to them. They can do whatever. And because they're doing whatever, they bring newness, the unconventional. But it's to practice the other teams for handling problems, problems they haven't thought of, problems they haven't engaged with, problems that are bigger than them, problems that they haven't. You practice for problems. The what-if game. You create a process because you Our leader, you've created a process with your team, with your organization. We may not have all the answers, but these are the base things we do in crisis. And then you find a team. Nobody can manage crisis alone. There's always going to be a a group of people who are going to help and assist you. And so you find a team around you that becomes your rapid deployment force. And then you learn from others. See, everybody who's gone through crisis has a story. And every story is a seed. It's a seed to how crisis can be handled well or how crisis should not be handled. And so as a result of that, you have that. But what I know about leaders is they have skill. They have the skill of today. They have the skill of thinking. They have the skill of calm. And then they have the skill of the heart. I've already mentioned this verse before, but a part of the skill of the heart is solitude. In Luke chapter 6, I believe it's verse 12 and 13, it says, And Jesus departed from the people, and he went into the wilderness to be alone. Solitude. People have such a need today for people around them that they've lost the value of being alone with God. And I've said this before in other podcasts, I'm convinced that a lot of what is happening where people feel like they're lonely is really God calling them to be alone. And so it's just that solitude of being able to downshift without people around you somehow promoting a pace or an agenda. Solitude. Next, they have the skill of the strategic. And strategic is you begin to invest in your heart. Psalm 15 and verse 2. You begin to speak truth in your heart. Psalm 51, desire truth in the inward part. Psalm 119, or excuse me, 19 verses 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You begin to invest in your heart strategically. What do I need? Do do I need a little bit more confidence? So I talk about God's presence and how he'll never leave me or forsake me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? I speak that into Maybe I'll need a little bit more peace. So I began to speak, John fourteen twenty seven. the peace that I give you is peace not like this world gives. So the skill of the heart. You have solitude. You know how to get away. You have the strategic. You know how to make strategic investments. And then searching. Psalm one thirty four twenty three and 24, where it says in there, Search me, O God, and try me and show me if there be any wicked way. The skill of taking inventory, of just letting God have access and, and beginning to nudge and to point and to do some good things. That being said, what I want you to realize is this. Leaders have skill and their skills are different. Leaders develop skills, the skill of today, so they can manage tomorrow. They have the skill of thinking so that they can develop and grow. They have the skill of calm so that they can help during crisis. And they have the skill of the heart so that they stay healthy on the inside. These are four skills that every leader has. I want to encourage you to maybe... Look at these and say, where am I? Maybe sit down with your team and say, okay, what is it? Where is it? How is it that these skills are being implemented in me? The thing I know about these skills is that they're critical skills and they're needed skills. As I pause and we reach the end of this, can I remind you again that you can go to Gerald Brooks Ministries and you can sign up for any of the roundtables I have a roundtable in the Orlando, Florida area on March 1st, on March 8th in Albuquerque, New Mexico, March 15th in St. Louis, Missouri, and March 24th in Nashville, Tennessee. I want to encourage you to put yourself in the room. If you put yourself in the room, you get better. Being in the room multiplies you. Being in the room changes you. If you want to elevate your leadership, get in a room with great leaders. I want to encourage you to come and be involved. All of our other products are online. But thank you so much for joining me for today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.